My name is Kyle Osborne. Uh, last Sunday, uh, Pastor Paul uh, started us in a series in the Psalms in Psalm 26. Uh, the, the main point of Psalm 26 was David was crying out to God and he's saying, God, there are people that are talking smack. There are people that are saying things about me that are not true. Would you vindicate me? Would you lift me up out of those situations? Would you make the wrongs right? I think for most of us, we would agree that we like to believe that the Lord would do that with our spouse. Just kidding. Maybe so. This morning, David, in the same way, writes Psalm 27. He's taking the things in his life, the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs, the journeys of his life, and he brings that to the Lord. And one of the beautiful things is in the Psalms is if you are like me, you never really cherish the beauty and the strength of what the Psalms actually bring to the table. So David, what he does is he's wrestling through different parts of his life, and he says, Lord, I'm struggling with fear. And as the Spirit of God is moving in his heart, as he's praying to God, as he's singing praises, there are things that come out in David's heart and soul as he's writing and penning Psalm 27. And here's what happens is I think for many of us, we may not have the words to speak, we may not have the words to say of what's going on inside, but what happens is when we sing and as we lift our hands and as we allow the work of the Lord to do its work in our heart and our soul, we begin to praise him and see the work of the Lord. And what David says is when he wrestles through the topic, and not just the topic, but the emotions of fear in his life, here's what David says, I come out a different man. You see, fear is one of those emotions that begins when we're young, and it never really seems to go away. Fear is one of those things that we wrestle with most of our life. And, and for many of us, we grow older and our fears maybe don't change a whole lot. For some of us, our fears change, but for many of us, the fear is the same type of thing as we get old older. When we're young, we fear the trees outside of our window. We fear the stuffed animal underneath our bed that is, I'm not going to say the word out loud because I don't want to put any ideas in people's minds, but we fear those animals. We fear the floorboards when they creak in the middle of the night and we don't know who is there or what is out there. We get older and our fear changes. We fear our parents dropping us off at school, at daycare, at our grandparents' house because they're fearful of too much sugar. We fear people not liking us. We fear wearing something that is goofy or doesn't fit with the trends. We fear and we fear. Our fear grows. In high school, we fear life after high school. We get anxious about what people think of us. We worry about what we're going to do for the rest of our lives. We worry about making the team, making the grade, or making the cut. We worry about our haircut. We get anxious about making the band. We fear. 
after high school, we fear, are we going to get a good job? Are we going to be able to pay our bills? Is there somebody out there that we're going to marry? Or are we going to marry at all? We fear the unknown. We fear balancing our checkbook. We worry about paying rent, making payments, going over budget. We worry about Republicans. We worry about Democrats. And don't forget those libertarians. If we're careful, what's going to happen is we let the fears of our life hold us hostage. What happens is that the fears in our face actually become greater than who our God is. And so here's what David says to us this morning. The fears that you have, the darkness that has put you in that spot of fear. David is wrestling, he's saying, in the darkest of dark, in the greatest of fears, here's what I see. Here's what I see, I see the Lord. And as I see the Lord, here's what happens, is that not only do I see the Lord, but I see him doing very specific things in my life. And so here's what I I believe that David, and specifically King David, wants to teach us this morning when he wrestles with the fears of his life. And here's our big idea this morning. The power and courage to overcome the fears in our lives only comes through the person, the work, and the presence of the Lord. And I see what David's doing here, and I hope that you see what he's doing. Is He's saying, here are the three ways that I see the Lord at work in my life, and I believe the Lord is at work in our lives as well. As he's saying this. Here's what I found. When I looked at fear in the face, and the Lord is at work in that fear, here's what I see the Lord doing. One, David sees his Savior. Number two, David sees the safety that comes. And David sees the strength that comes in knowing his Savior. Savior, safety, and strength. And here's what David does, is he wrestles through that. And I pray that this morning would be helpful for you as you wrestle the fears in your life. So I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 again, and then we'll walk through those a little bit more. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers come against me to devour my flesh, my foes and my enemies stumble and fell. Though an army deploys against me, my heart will not be afraid. Though a war breaks out against me, I will still be confident. So here's what David's saying. is He's comparing two things. He's saying, if the Lord is my light, and my salvation, and the stronghold of my life, here's what he's doing. He's saying, this is who the Lord is. And if this is who the Lord is, I'm going to compare that to fear itself. And so as David compares the Lord to his fear, he says, if the Lord is my light, what does fear have the power in darkness? If the Lord is my salvation, then what does fear have on me when I go through trials? If the Lord is my stronghold, that when fear wants to grip me and put me in the place of its bondage, I have a stronghold that is greater. Another way to say that is, if we took the scales of weightiness, of power, of authority, here's what David's saying, is if we put Jesus, and now obviously we know who he's talking about, but specifically if we're going to stay in the text, he says, if we say the Lord is on one side, and fear is on the other, that if we were to put 
the Lord in its weightiness against fear, there is no comparison. Friends, there's no trial, no sin, no temptation, no being, no power, nothing in all creation, nothing over the earth or under the earth or in the heavens that can compare to the light and the strength and the hope that we have in the Lord. I believe, here's what David is saying, I believe that if the Lord belongs to me and I belong to the Lord and he belongs to me, that there is nothing in all of creation that I can't go through. There is no fear that will shake my foundation. You see, when we trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, he is our Lord and the good news of the gospel is we don't have to save ourselves. That means we don't have to save ourselves from our fears. We don't have to save our spouses from their fears. We don't have to save our kids from their fears. We can allow the Lord to do his work and save us from our fears. Friends, if you're in the throes of life right now, and you're going to all kinds of other places, and you've been battling fear in your life, here's what David says. Go to the Lord, for he is your salvation He is your light, and He is your stronghold. If this is true, then the question begs itself, who do we fear? And so one of the things, the beautiful things that I got the privilege to do this week is I got to just look through all the different verses that literally says, do not fear. So if you can take a guess, some of you might say, well, there might be 20 or 50 or 100. Here's what I'll tell you. There are over 200 verses where the Lord says, do not fear. So if you're taking notes this morning, I'm going to give you some of those because I think they're helpful references that will help the, hopefully solidify you in this belief. If the Lord is our salvation, whom shall we fear? Deuteronomy 3, the Lord says, do not fear when he tells Moses to lead his people into the wilderness against Og, the king of Bashan. Joshua 8, the Lord says, do not fear. When he says, Joshua, go out. I know you're in the wilderness. I know you're a small people, but guess what? I want you to go against an army that's far greater than you. And oh, by the way, do not fear. For Samuel, the Lord says to David, do not fear. So King Saul at the time was king, And he just caught wind that King David was going to take over the throne. And so Saul comes after David. And what does the Lord say? Hey, it's okay. It'll work out. No, he doesn't say that. He says, David, do not fear. Jeremiah 42, the Lord says to this, to the Israelites, as they're in exile, as they're in bondage to the Babylonian empire, here's what the Lord says to his people. Do not fear. Matthew 1 The angel of the Lord shows up to Joseph and he's getting ready. He's excited to be married to Mary and she, oh, by the way, is pregnant and Joseph's like, I've had enough of this. I'm going to dismiss her quietly. And the angel of the Lord says, this is a baby from on high. Do not fear. Mark chapter four, Jesus says to his disciples, they're in the boat. The, the war or the, uh, the storm is raging around them and the disciples are fearful. And here are the first words that Jesus says, do not fear. Mark chapter 5, 
Jesus says this to Jairus. Jairus has a daughter that's laying on a bed, on her deathbed in many ways, and the religious leaders go, and they see her condition, and they come back and they say, there's no way that she's going to recover. There's no hope. And Jesus says right to Darius's face, do not fear. Romans 8, Paul writes this to the church of Rome, and I hope this is true for us at First City Church. And here's what he writes. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Church, for those of you that are in Christ, for those of you that, are, that know they're in the light of the gospel of Christ, you have experienced the salvation of God, you are filled with the spirit of God. And David says, who shall we fear? If I could say it another way and a little bit more boldly, as Jesus comes before his church, here's what he says. Do not fear. For those of you in the room or listening on live stream, maybe you're feeling the darkness move in around you. Maybe you're discouraged this morning and fear is captivating you in ways that you wish it would. I want to remind you that the Lord is your light. He is your salvation. Whom shall we fear? Here's what David is saying. That if Jesus died on the cross, if Jesus gave his life for you, the power that comes with the resurrecting power of Christ has been given to you. It's been imputed to you. You have been given the power of Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so we shall not fear. Here's what the Lord wants to know for us to know this morning. Is that we would know the heights and the depths and the wits, width of our salvation that is found in Christ. John 10.10 10 says that Satan the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, but the Lord has come to give you life abundant. The salvation that comes in the person and the work of Christ completely destroys the work of fear. There is no comparison. The power of Christ is so far greater than fear, it's not even comparable. And yet too many of us who are saved by the Lord, we run this race with a little bit of a limp. We allow fear to take its grip on us. We allow fear to take its stronghold. And here's what I want to encourage you this morning. That if you have received Christ, whom shall you fear? The Lord is your light and your salvation. In Him we have no fear. I want to echo what these other 200 verses said in the scriptures. Do not fear. For those of you in the, in the room that are battling fear, maybe you're wrestling out what you believe about God. Maybe you're wrestling out what you believe about Jesus and you have been able to keep fear at bay for a little while. You've been able to win, if you will, for a little while, but I want to encourage you 
that what David is saying and what I believe the scriptures teach all across from Genesis to Revelation, that you might be able to keep fear at bay for a little while, but to fully conquer fear, you need a Savior. Jesus Christ is the only one that can save you in your battle with fear. You don't have to save yourself. You don't have to put better clothes on. You don't have to try and deal with your past and present wrestles. Here's what you can do. Salvation has already been accomplished. Salvation has already been accomplished in the life, death, and resurrection, in the work of Christ. To trust in Jesus is to turn from all these false things that we have created. And for many of us, we create these false gods or these false saviors because we want to feel better about ourselves. To become a Christian isn't to get yourself better. It's actually to rest in the already finished work of Christ. And so I want to invite you into that this morning. Maybe you're wrestling with that. Maybe you're wondering where you stand with God. Maybe you have fears in your life that you just can't beat. And here's what the gospel offers. Would you step out of the darkness? Would you step into the light? And would you let the Lord be your light, be your salvation, and be your stronghold? If the Spirit of God is at work in your heart even right now, I would encourage you, you don't even have to listen to the rest of this sermon. I want to just invite you to just take this moment and just to pray, just to talk with the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. Lord, I am living in fear. I need you to do this work in my life. So here's what David says. He teaches us that the Lord is our salvation. Whom shall I fear? The second thing that David teaches us comes in verses 2 and 3 and 4. And here's what David describes. He says, evildoers try to devour my flesh. Armies deploy against me. All kinds of warriors encamp around me. And he says, I don't care about all that because I will be confident. How can he say that he can be confident? Well, we find this answer in verse 4. Look there with me real quickly. I have asked one thing from the Lord. It is what I desire, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking Him in his temple. Here's what David's saying. I'm not asking the Lord for a sword. I'm not asking the Lord for a shield. Here's what I'm asking of the Lord. I just want to seek him. I just want to be in his presence. I just want to be in the stronghold where God dwells, and I want to receive what blessing it is to be in his presence. As I sing and as I worship I want to see the Lord for who he is. I don't want to sit in the face of fear, and I don't want fear to actually tell me who I am. I want to sit in the presence of my Lord, who is my light, and I want him to encourage me. I want him to bring the courage that only comes from him. David says, when I gaze in the face and the beauty of the Lord, I shall not fear. So I want to I ask you guys a couple questions. As I was wrestling through this this week, um, I think there are some things that we wrestle through, not only 
with salvation, but with just the safety and security that comes with being in the presence of God. I think sometimes we wrestle through this and we feel like if the Lord is not with us, we kind of get a little bit insecure, get a little bit fearful. And so I want to ask you a few questions. Where do you run for safety? Where do you run for security when you fear? And I think if we're honest, we know that the Lord has saved us. We know that the Lord is at work in us. But sometimes we don't actually apply that truth. And so we fear, and so here's what we do. We escape to things, fill in the blank. We escape to social media because we don't want to deal with what's going on inside of us. We wrestle with these fears. And so what happens is we maybe not escape to social media, but we escape to that thing that's not really an addictive behavior, but it is. Do you fear being wrong? I do. <laughs> do you fear being wrong? And so what happens is we research and we, we provide all these different anecdotes, all these different knowledge pieces, and we self-protect. Do you fear being hurt? And so what happens is we build walls around us. We build our own little strongholds, and we fight, and we fight, and we realize that these strongholds aren't as strong as we thought. Do you fear being hurt? Do you fear abandonment? When you fear these things, what are the things that you run to for safety and security? Maybe if I can get a little bit more personal, what are you running to right now? as we're talking about this? What are the things in your mind that it goes to as you run away from dealing with what's going on in your heart and your soul? How are you running to the Lord? Are you running to the Lord? Are you running to that thing that actually keeps you at bay from actually dealing with it at a deeper level? Here's what David says. As he's wrestling with these things, I want to move to verse 5. Is as he's wrestling with these things, as he's standing in the face of the Lord, as he's seeking the Lord, he says in verse 5, for he will conceal me. So the opposite of the things that we just described, here's what happens when we run to the Lord. Instead of those things that temporarily satisfy, David says, for he will conceal me in his shelter. In the day of adversity, he will hide me. Under the cover of his tent, he will set me high on a rock. Then my head will be so high above my enemies around me. I will offer sacrifices in his tent and shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Friends, this is, this is so beautiful. As I was studying this this week, here's what David is saying. Is he's saying, as he's able to actually move from fear to trust in God because what does God do in the midst of his fear is the Lord actually covers him. And not only does the Lord cover him, but he takes David from the place that he could be attacked and the Lord lifts him to a place where his enemies look to where he's at, but his enemies cannot even touch him. And so David is in such a place of safety and security that he's not worrying about fear anymore. What he's doing is he's singing. He's dancing. 
He's offering worship and sacrifice to God because why? If the Lord is with me and for me, who shall I fear? I'm sure, uh, so I know this is the fifth Sunday. I'm sure many of you have heard this fable before. Anybody heard the fable, Three Little Pigs? If you haven't read it, it's a goodie and an oldie. I'm going to share some of it this morning with you. So here's what happens in the fable, The Three Little Pigs and the Big Bad Wolf. You have three little pigs. One builds his house of straw. The second builds his house of sticks. And the third little pig builds his house of bricks. And there is a big bad wolf, the adversary, the enemy of the pigs. And so these three pigs build their homes and the big bad wolf comes to visit. And the big bad wolf sees the first house and says, that might be the easiest house. And so what he does is he knocks on the door. And the little pig looks out the window and he says, nope, not going to answer that door. And the wolf says, little pig, little pig, let me come in. And as you, if you guys know it, the little pig says, not by the hair on my chinny, chin, chin. And so he huffs and he puffs and he blows the house down. And the house of straw goes down. And the pig runs to his brother's house. Some books say it's his sister, but we're just going to go with the brother this morning. So the little pig runs to his brother's house of sticks. And they, he gets there just in time where the big bad wolf comes running and they shut and lock the door. And the two little pigs are inside and the story repeats. The wolf knocks on the door and he says, little pig, little pig, let me come in. And the two pigs say, not by the hair on my chinny chin chin. And so the wolf huffs and he puffs and he blows the house down. And the two little pigs run to the third house and they shut the door and lock it and the wolf comes running to the door. And he knocks on the door and he says, little pig, little pig, let me come in. And the pigs say, not by the hair on our chinny chin chin. And the wolf huffs and he puffs and he huffs and he puffs and he huffs and he puffs and he huffs and he puffs and nothing happens to this house made of brick. I think it's a great story, but it teaches some profound truth. You see, for many of us, we build our lives partially on things that can hold up temporarily. We believe that these houses that we're building, although not as strong, can get us further down this road that we call life. It can handle a little fear. It can handle a little trial. It can handle a little darkness. But when the fears get so big, when the darkness gets too great, when we despair too far, our house comes tumbling down. Friends, I want you to know that there is no darkness. And let me say that again. There is no darkness, no power too great, no trial too turbulent for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are in fear this morning because of inflation, Jesus says, come to my home. Embrace me, for I am your salvation. If you're fearful this morning 
about even your housing situation, or maybe your income situation, or your parenting situation, or all things that lead of this life that we have of fear, I want to encourage you. The Lord says, come to me, for I care for you. If you're worried about your job, the Lord says, come and find safety and security. If you're in a place of lowness where you feel like your enemies are attacking, if you feel like it's just a few steps away, here's what the truth of what David is teaching is. If you're in this place, allow the Lord to be with you in that journey. If you seek the Lord, allow him to lift you up to the place where your enemies cannot attack you and defeat you. For it's in the Lord that we find our rest, we find our strength, He is our light, our salvation, and our stronghold. When the waves of fear toss us back and forth in this life, I want to encourage you to invite the Lord to lift you up. Invite the Lord to be your strength. And I want to even encourage you, as as the Lord calls you to seek Him, I want to encourage you to seek His face. For when we're in the presence of the Lord, what happens? The fears are still there, but we're captivated by the strength and the power of the Lord and not the fears that so easily entangle us. If you flip the page in some of your Bibles to verse 13 and 14, here's what David says, I'm certain that I will seek, that I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart be courageous. Wait for the Lord. Here's what David's saying is no matter what the circumstance, no matter if it's the job loss or that situation that you were hoping wasn't going to come true, no matter how bad it looks, if it's cancer, if the addiction just doesn't go away, if it's Alzheimer's, if it's sickness inside of your body that you don't know what is, if it's COVID, here's what David says is those circumstances, David can be confident because the goodness of God isn't depending on his situation coming out the way he wants it. The strength and the security and the confidence that David has is in the Lord. You see, David is actually calling out to God and he said, hey God, Lord, I see the goodness of what you're doing in my life. And so I want to encourage you, if you are witnessing other people's lives, here's what David says, is I, I'm confident because I see the goodness of God at work in my life. And as you see the goodness of God working itself out in someone else's life, I want to encourage you to pencil that down. Point that out to them. Because when we see the goodness of God happening in our life, we see the goodness of God happening in others' lives, it actually brings safety and confidence and hope in this life of darkness. And so as we wrap up this morning, I know many of you are wrestling with some of those fears that were brought to the forefront. I think it's easy to say, okay, well, I'm, I've thought of that fear and actually not take steps to bring that to the Lord. And so I want to encourage you, don't leave this place this morning without dealing with those. If you're wrestling, you feel like your whole life has been in the darkness and you don't really know for sure and you, and you feel like 
you haven't really been saved, and you're wrestling through some of that, I want to encourage you to take that to the Lord or come see me afterwards or Pastor Paul. We want to pray for you before you leave here this morning. And so as we transition, one of the ways that I want to um, encourage you this morning to wrestle out, I want to just take, take a few minutes to pray.